This is Crime Connections, and we're your hosts. I'm Jackie. And I'm Leah. Today, we are going to go back 140 years in time, which is probably the oldest case I have looked into. I actually don't even know of any other case this old that I could even (laughs) find information on, to be frank. So let's get into it. On the night of November 21st, 1883, in the village of Spring Arbor, Michigan, sometime around midnight, Jacob Crouch was shot to death in his bed while he was sleeping. Killed alongside him was his pregnant daughter, Eunice, and her husband, Henry White, as well as a house guest, a cattle driver named Moses Polly. Sorry, that's so funny, a cattle driver. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're so, thinking back we're going way, way back. back. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but reading some of this, I was laughing at like the terminology and stuff. So the only residents of the house who survived were the three servants. They woke up and found the family murdered. Now, obviously back in the day, you would have like house servants is what they would yep. call them. Mm-hmm. But they're more so like a maid, I would assume. Yeah. Like nowadays. When they have their own like quarters too. Yes. They'll yeah. have like hidden quarters and mm-hmm. things like that. Two of them claim to have slept through the massacre but it was reported to have been a very windy and stormy night. It was not your typical November snowy. It was like... Like muffling sounds yes. of any... So and if you think back mm-hmm. in that time, homes were not insulated like they are nowadays. Yeah. So when you have a storm, it is loud and it is deafening. So mm-hmm. that could excuse the whole not being able to hear yeah, definitely. gunshots or screaming or any struggle whatsoever. Now, George Bolas was a young boy who lived on the property. He did come forward and testify to having heard shots and groans in the night, which caused him to hide inside a trunk out of fear until he felt safe to come out the next morning. Oh, that's terrifying. Yeah. And, you know, when you're a kid, though, I'm sure he honestly thought it was like a ghost or... I would have hid. I'm not a kid. Real, you know what I mean? Yeah, like I probably would still do that to this day. Oh, I would. I I would get my cell phone and call the call nine one one. But you know, he probably thought it was like a a spooky Mm -hmm. ghost, or you know, I don't think he thought it was like, oh, someone's dying. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I should go figure this out. Yeah, or investigate. Well, he probably was scared out of his mind. But yeah, you know, so I'm assuming that's kind of how it went. And a witness also claimed that they had smelled chloroform in the house and they had believed that the family's cider had been tampered with, suggesting that some of the victims may have been drugged. And I don't know how chloroform works. I don't know if you inhale like, I mean, I one, only would know you, when you smell it if it was in a drink. You might not. Um, I mean, if it's cider, it could have masked the smell. Especially maybe cider back then was a little more yeah. tangy than it is now. A little more potent, but I'm not sure. I do know. I mean, the only thing I know about chloroform is when it's more or less put on a rag and put over your face. And you then pass it, out. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. So I don't, I've never even heard of someone ingesting it in that mm-hmm. instance, but that's what they were saying. And then, so Spring Arbor, just to give everyone a little background, is very close to Jackson, Michigan, which if you're not familiar I don't even like the closest thing to Jackson, which isn't even that close, would be Ann Arbor is like the biggest city that most people know of. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ann Arbor is still about a 35 minute drive from Jackson. But like I said, that's probably the closest, biggest city people will know. And Jackson is very like back in the day, especially it used to be more farm and 
you know, not very city-like, I guess you could say. Yeah. So, as expected, George's news spread quickly to all the neighboring farms, and soon, entire crowds appeared at the house, and were like, oh, yeah. Back then, that was like a thing. what the heck was going yeah. on, you know? Uh, the police arrived at the house and questioned the house servants right away. There had been footprints visible in mud outside of the house. One set of the prints suggested that someone stood outside the house to keep watch while another went inside, which would indicate two people being mm-hmm. involved. Now, George, the little boy, later recalled that he did look out the window and he saw someone standing outside with a lantern, but was too afraid to see who it was. So this poor little kid was going through it. He probably was thinking, I know, this place guy. is either haunted or we're all about to die. And so he was too afraid, which I'm honestly shocked he didn't say something, though. Like, I saw someone. But then maybe he the he was afraid that he would be considered a liar or you yeah. know, like something like that. So, however, within hours, hundreds of footprints obscured the originals. People tracked in and out of the parlor, oh moving the bodies, gosh. posing them, photographing them. Oh, my gosh. It was a wild situation. I mean, I know that that was kind of like the thing back then. Mm-hmm. It's still, I mean... I mean, look at us, though. We have a podcast. We talk about true crime. So I can see how true crime just always has gone through the many years. But it still just doesn't cease to amaze me. We're thinking 140 years. DNA was never a thing. No. Footprints, like, that was pretty advanced, I would say, for them. You know what I mean? So also, though... How thinking back 140 years, how many brands of shoes were there really to have even been like, oh, it's a... A Nike. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Look I'm at this sure, Air Jordan. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's like three pairs of shoes. I don't yeah. know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I just don't see that there's, even if they did find footprints, you probably could find the size and that's probably about it. Yep. Other than that, I don't think you would have gotten much information no. from that. Um, so at one point, the Michigan Central Railroad halted long enough for curious thrill seekers to hop out and go view oh my the gosh. killings. This is like a whole other Bonnie and Clyde thing where they yes. had the freaking car. The car, the casket. The Everything. bodies were on display. Yes. People came to see their bodies and their caskets. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah, it was kind of a wild situation. So this was like a sight to see, apparently. So in the beginning, the local authorities failed to find any motive for the shootings. It was said that both Jacob and Polly had a great deal of money with them in the house, but none of it was taken. So that didn't seem to be the motive. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, however, certain family papers, including promissory notes and mortgages, were missing, indicating that this was far from an ordinary robbery. Now, the word promissory, I did Google this word because I have never honestly heard that word. It, it, it is pretty much indicating that there was, say, uh, paragraphs or wording of saying something along the lines of, I am going to leave the house and the mm-hmm. XXXX to my daughter and no one else. Or, you know, something along the lines of that, indicating that, a will was being changed but it had not been changed yet or something okay. along the lines of that mm-hmm. okay so that's what that means because i like i said i never heard that word before and i was kind of confused like what does that even and like what are they saying yeah but rumor had it that at the time of his death jacob was planning to disinherit judd and and the holcombs uh which are his other children and they're in their significant others and he was going to leave all of his belongings his house all of his property everything to his daughter the one that passed away eunice and her husband henry white that is obviously a huge motivation oh yeah to me uh a local merchant 
testified that he had sold Daniel Holcomb a gun of the same caliber that was used to commit the murders. But despite this intriguing clue, no other evidence was found linking Holcomb or anyone else to the shootings. Now, Holcomb was named administrator of Crouch's estate because he was the man of the house. Women were not allowed to yeah. own property. Yeah. Which surprised me because, well, I guess technically Eunice's husband would have owned the property, not her. Yeah, not her. But it would have went to the family. Yeah. Her family, obviously. Uh, despite the fever pitch of the investigation and the mounting body count, no concrete answer appeared. The case became gossip, then rumor, and then a ghost story. And today, it is still a ghost story. It is very like, ooh, this happened sort of thing, you know? That's so spooky. Yes. So, Jacob Crouch, a little background about him. He lived on his farm for 52 years, which is quite a long time. Mm -hmm. um, he was an excellent businessman. And by the time of his death, his speculation in horses, cattle, had made him an extremely wealthy man. Nice. Now, back then, to think of an extremely wealthy, in my my opinion, I'm thinking a few thousand, blah, blah, blah. Because $1,000 back then was a lot a of lot of money. money. Yeah. No, he was like a millionaire. No. Like, he was... So like very wealthy, very, very, very yes. wealthy. Uh, he lived very minimal. He didn't overindulge. He had a lot of property, but he didn't mm -hmm. live like the luxury life. I yeah. guess you could say. Um, so like I said, for his time, he was very well off. And, you know, Jacob had three other children besides Eunice and Susan. He had Byron, who was living in Texas at the time with cattle. Um, he, I'm not 100% sure if it was Jacob's cattle that he was taking care of or if yeah. it was his own. I'm not sure. Or if Jacob, I, like, helped him get into it. Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure. I couldn't really, like I said, this was a very old case, so I couldn't really find too much information on that. Mm -hmm. And then he also had Dayton, who died a few years before the murders. And then his youngest was Judd. Jacob's wife, Anna, the children's mother, died while giving birth to Judd. So, sadly, it was rumored that Jacob felt resentful towards his youngest son, whom he seemed to have held responsible for his wife's death. I can see that. Judd was raised primarily by his sister, Susan Holcomb. Until he was about 10 years old, Judd didn't even know he was Jacob's son. He thought that his biological parents were his sister and her husband. That's sad. I mean, yeah. thank goodness he had, like, his sister. Yes. But, but yeah, it's messed up. Yeah. So, soon after the murder, some very strange things began to happen after, like, they all had been murdered in their home, obviously. Mm -hmm. So, Susan Holcomb was found dead in her bed one morning. The official cause of death was heart disease. However, there were strong rumors that her death really came from ingesting rat poison aka suicide or possibly a murder oh my gosh so then a few days after that mr holcomb her husband hired a man james foy james foy had a problem at something that had appeared about the crouch case in a local paper he went gunning for the editor dj easton while on the mission of revenge he mistook a man for the editor Ended up shooting the wrong man. Jeez Louise. Fortunately, that man did survive. But after about an hour of shooting the wrong guy, mm -hmm. James Foy was found dead. He had been shot through the head like the Crouch family. Oh which is like, what the F? Yeah. So to summarize, if that's a little confusing, one of the 
Holcomb's men mm-hmm. found out that something was not correctly printed. He was mad, was going after the editor, shot the wrong person who he thought was the editor. The guy survived, and now James Foy, the help of the family, mm-hmm. was found dead. And he was killed exactly the same way the Crouch family was killed. So then James Foy's hand was found holding a pistol of the same caliber that had shot the Crouch's family. Apparently, there was Ooh. other factors surrounding his death that led the rule of his death to be a homicide from the hands of unknown. So they're not thinking he killed himself. They're thinking he Someone was killed. murdered. Yeah. It was generally believed that Foy was murdered because he knew far too much about the Crouch's killings. There, This is a lot of he say, she say. Because this, after the death of the Crouch family, a lot of crap happens. Yeah. And it just keeps going on. So a lot of this is, like I said, he say, she, she said. I did actually find newspapers in regarding this. Ooh. Which I thought was really cool because yeah. they're very old. But um, I found one that happened that was written around when they were killed which is crazy and then practically a hundred years later i found another one which is cool so shortly after that galen brown a detective who was working on the crouch case was accosted on the highway by two men one of them shot him in the thigh both men fled but brown who survived the injury identified his assailants as judd crouch and a local man named Hugh McCallum. Oh, McCallum. wow. McCallum. Which is wild because... That is wild. Now... Judd's going through a lot of trouble yes. to keep everybody quiet. Yes. So then the two men were arrested along with Daniel Holcomb and the trio was charged with the Crouch murders. <gasps> Even Daniel. Yes. So like everyone's getting in That's on this. That's kind of crazy. So then three weeks later, a neighboring farmer, Lorenzo Bean, went insane and died of unknown circumstances. Now, this was mentioned because, obviously, he was a neighbor to the Crouches, mm-hmm. and it just seemed very strange that he just randomly died. Yeah. Like everyone else Like everyone dying. else, just... Yes. <laughs> so then, two weeks after that, another local named Alexander Lee became obsessed with the idea that he himself was the Crouch murderer and then committed suicide. Everyone is going cuckoo. So I'm wondering, honestly, like while I was doing research on this, was something going on? Like, was there something in the crops? Was there something making people Mm -hmm. go crazy? Mm -hmm. And we just were, they didn't know about it? Mm -hmm. Like what? Because there's just too much going on. Yeah. that's In this small little town, like what is happening? 10 days after that, Daniel Holcomb's brother, Henry, named a man named Joseph Allen as the real killer. Allen was then arrested, but soon released for lack of evidence. Allen then turned the tables by having Henry Holcomb charged with perjury. Now, Daniel was eventually also acquitted. Good a lot going night. on. <laughs> McKellen was discharged soon after his arrest, but Daniel Holcomb and Judd Crouch were formally charged with the Crouch homicides. During the Holcomb's trial, one of the witnesses, Miss Murphy, was murdered with an axe by her husband, which makes me wonder what was, what did she know mm-hmm. and why did her husband kill? Like, what are these people How much doing? money was given? Yeah. They had just, a lot of money. It's, there's so much going on and there's obviously very little information because of how Good old this night. is. But like, what is happening? 
what is going on? Like, this is wild. Within a short span of time, all these people were killed or murdered. Large or body count. committed suicide or went crazy or, you know, XXX. So then in January 1885, Holcomb was acquitted. This result convinced the authorities that it would be hopeless to try Judd and both men were then just released. And Crouch's farm eventually went to Judd, who then soon lost it to foreclosure. It then burned down in 1947, probably by arson because there's just a lot going on with the property mm-hmm. and it being haunted or, you know, accused of being haunted and all this other stuff. The Crouch's family's deaths were never solved. There were also, other than Judd, no suspects. But there were a lot of rumors. A lot of rumors. Oh, I'm sure. And still to this day, there's rumors and everyone says it's haunted and, you know, it's just a lot. So, unfortunately, I don't think this case will ever be solved because of how old it is. Oh, and yeah. There's just no evidence. No one is even alive anymore. No. They're long um, gone. It's just a very old case and they're just all passed away. So, I just don't think it'll ever, ever be solved but i did grow up in jackson i never heard of this case it's kind of a ghost story at this point or even if you want to say like an urban legend type thing um as i was looking into it i did find one of his one of the it's like so it would be jacob's great 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 grandson Mm -hmm. did like a whole story on this oh wow on reddit which is how i came across it Mm -hmm. and i thought that was kind of cool like so he was talking about his family history Mm -hmm. and the history of all the kids and all the family and all that as much as he knew about it Mm -hmm. but kind of how this story has also gone down from family member to family member to family member and i thought that was kind of cool because i mean it's unfortunate that's your family history yeah but it's also cool that he even has information on this yeah and that he took an interest in it to mm-hmm. kind of yeah so that's really all i have on this case i just thought it was a kind of a spooky case we are in a spooky season as everyone loves to call it mm-hmm. um but yeah I, I lived in jackson i never heard of it but a, if you look anything into it it's like one of the top haunted places in michigan like that is so cool it's it's very big deal in the Mm -hmm. paranormal world Mm -hmm. uh but yeah so that's about it i don't think we will get any tips from this case no (laughs) i don't think anyone will come forward unfortunately but as always we thank you for listening to crime connections we ask that if you would so kindly please follow share and go like us on facebook at crime connections or follow us on instagram at crime connections pod you can always join in on the discussion of these cases at our new discussion board on facebook it is crime connections podcast discussion board i know that it's a mouthful but Mm -hmm. obviously it makes sense that's what it would be called if you have any new cases that you want us to look into please feel free to email us or dm us we love hearing from you guys uh thank you guys thanks